0: Well, tomorrow marks seven months since the last evacuation flight left Kabul, a U.S. flight, after the fall of the Afghan capital to the Taliban two weeks before that. It meant that Afghan interpreters and some mission staff who'd worked alongside the Canadian Armed Forces were left at the mercy of the Taliban, as were their families. Well, since then, those already in this country have been relentlessly trying to help those left behind, including their families, either in Afghanistan or in neighboring countries. A government web portal was opened specifically for them in early December, and 300 families, I'm told, applied. And Immigration, Refugee, and Citizenship Canada told them that the first applications would be processed within weeks. Well, three and a half months later, it appears there has been no movement. Today, NDP MP Jenny Kwan called on the government to speed up the process, especially given the example set by Ottawa in its moves to welcome those fleeing Ukraine. They deserve no less. People who are fleeing violence, who are fleeing persecution, who are fleeing conflict, the crisis to which they face is the same. That was NDP MP Jenny Kwan earlier today in Ottawa. It's perhaps no coincidence that today the Immigration Minister, Sean Fraser, uh, on social media announced that Canada has welcomed more than 10,000 Afghan refugees, including 300 more today. Of course, the Liberal government is committed to resettling 40,000 Afghans in this country. But for those still waiting, they say the delays they're facing, their families are facing, can be a matter of life and death. Joining me now are Hamidullah Amir Khan and Ahmad Shouya. Thank you both for joining me tonight and for sharing your stories. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for giving us the platform. I appreciate that as well.
0: Uh, I guess I'll start with, sorry, go ahead. I'll start with you, Hamidullah. Um, just a bit about your story. Where, where, What are you trying to achieve and where are the people you're trying to bring to Canada tonight?
1: Um, well, uh, first of all, I want to give a big thanks uh, uh, to all the media organizations as well as uh, uh, Member of Parliament uh, Jenny Kwan for giving us uh, um, the opportunity and um, to to come forward and discuss the the issues uh, surrounding former interpreters uh, that work with Canadian Armed Forces, Canadian right. Civil Mission, Canadian uh, Reconstruction Teams, and right. basically a group of 300, as you mentioned uh, that resides all over Canada. Uh, we have six representatives right now, uh, representing this, uh, uh, diverse group of, uh, former interpreters. And, um, we have been meeting IRCC, um, key advisors, as well as the former, uh, chief of staff, Mike Jones, as well as the current chief of staff, Olga. And we have had a meeting with the honorable minister himself, uh, Mr. Sean Fraser, um, yeah. So RSC promised us that you know initially they said that the 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 process will start uh, you know in October right. or November, but how, then they said. They do, I, I, the I don't
0: mean to stop you there, but we've already we've covered this. So I'm, I'm wondering where your where your fam, where, who are we talking about, and where are they? Like what what is the what is the problem, and and where are the fam your families right now tonight, and what and what kind of situation are they in? Well. Th- you know the situation
1: is very um you know it's a it's a bad situation right now for every uh every family every ally that has uh, worked with the uh, Canadian Armed forces right now uh mm-hmm. my family as well as all the families of former interpreters are basically in constant move um they're under mm-hmm. severe threat uh there's a threat to uh, uh not only the like the men also the the women of uh like in those uh, families I'll mm-hmm. give you a few examples uh, here in British Columbia, we have had uh, one of the former interpreters call me and he told me that the Taliban went to their house and they not only physically abused their men, but also assaulted women physically in front of their men and also took their cars and their motorcycles. So as you right. can tell, you know, anything, financial aspect, your kids, your house, your life, everything is... Uh, basically at the mercy of Taliban. So, you know, every day that goes by, our heart and our minds are in complete like distress.
0: I get you. Ahmad, let me bring you in here. Uh, Tell me about what your situation is.
1: Thank you so much. Um,
2: As one of the representatives of the former resettled Afghan Canadian interpreters, the main problem with our family is not only mine, All what we are struggling for and what we are fighting for is because our families are in the worst situation of their lives. They are the victim of our contribution in support of the Canadian Armed Forces and the Canadian government. So our families are right now hiding. Every day and every week, they're changing their places just in the hope of survival. Right left our houses, everything behind, and now we are running around in the country just to make sure we are safe because Taliban are targeting us. As right. you might have heard the news from Al Jazeera that now the Taliban are indirectly trying to stop the families of the former or the, the, those that they work in support of the NATO and ISIL forces. So by giving right. biometrics and all that, we are forcing so, our families to put yourselves in danger.
0: Right. I, th- I, think, I, think, I think our listeners understand what the circumstances are. Ahmad, 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 I'm just going to stop you for a second there. I think, our, I think our listeners understand what the situation is and what the threat is. I guess what I was wondering is, who are you trying to bring here? To this country, who, who, who exactly are you trying to bring to this country and what has the delay been? And we've had this conversation a lot in the last few months, well, obviously with people in, in different parts of the world, Ukraine as well. But who are you trying to bring over and what has the delay been and what red tape are you encountering, Ahmad? Um,
2: when we started this cause, when we started to stand up for evacuation of our families, we have been given numerous Promises from IRCC in the hope of evacuation, immediate evacuation of our family members. We want our extended family members, we want to evacuate them because they are being targeted as uh, the farmer, former, their son was or their husband was one of the main supporters of the Canadian forces and they worked there and now they are being targeted, our families. Whether that's our wife, our children, whether that's our brothers, our sisters, our parents, that is our main cause, and we want to evacuate them because they deserve to live a peaceful life. We do not want them to be the victim of our contribution.
0: No, I understand uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm familiar with your story. I'm familiar with the work that you did. I was in Afghanistan as well. Obviously, we know that the work you did with the military was valuable and invaluable at the time. Uh, Hamidullah, again, I, I'm sorry to ask this question again, but just in terms of specifics, because immigration cases often come down to specifics. What is the delay? I mean, you have 300 people. I gather there was a portal set up uh, for you for these families. So, where yeah. is the delay coming from?
1: um <clears throat> basically i'll I'll describe everything like in, in, in three phases just so we can identify the problem so the first thing is um the paper the paper um you know in what the paper uh, applications that i r c c asked us to submit so one of the key elements that we had the problem with uh from the beginning from the very beginning was that most of our colleagues here in Afghanistan, it's not a cultural thing to have passports, IDs, like for women, for children, for men, right? right? Unless you have a key government position.
0: So, right. ours, so a documentation issue, right?
1: Yeah, okay. so the IRS in the beginning asked for documentation, and we said we can't provide that documentation, and then we said that if, we, if you want the documentation, we have to go back to the Taliban. And as we both understand, Canada does mm-hmm. not recognize Taliban as a legitimate government. They have classified them as Terrorist organization. So right. you're asking me to go back to the same terrorist to get the same documentation that my process depends on. There's so right. many. There's so many variables. So that's one of the things. The other element is that the ICC was falsely promising uh, timelines after timelines. The initial forecast was that the first quarter will receive almost the first batch of arrivals that submitted in December. Now that not only didn't happen, but also half of our people, matter of the fact, 65% of our former interpreters don't even have an application number from RCC. They don't even have the UCI numbers. So how can we right. talk about the progression of the application when you don't even have the basic file number? So that right. has been a big worry, a big cause right. of concern, and a big uh, a desperate, desperate plea from our colleagues. And we right. have stated that numerously to the IRCC. Now, the third, right, thing
0: understood. Yep.
1: the third thing that the IRCC are saying that is causing the delay, they're saying that we can't get Pakistan to allow you guys to go there, but we can't pick you up from Afghanistan because we don't recognize Taliban. They ask us to go to a third country, yet IRCC and the Canadian government will not give us travel documents like a border pass to give it to Pakistan to show it to the Pakistani troops, Pakistani authorities to allow these families as they are on route to Canada. So that's that's right. like the three so, biggest. So 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 in a right nutshell,
0: now. no no documentation, no case numbers for for many, and yep. no temporary travel documents to allow them to go to a third country to come to Canada. I'm just going to take a quick uh, quick break here, Hamidullah Amir Khan and, and uh, Ahmad Chaeib. I'll be right back. We'll talk about what you want to see to step. Up to speed up the process, what can be done? We'll be back after this. I'm speaking with Hamidullah Amir Khan and Ahmad Shoyab. We're talking about Shoyab rather. We're talking about 300 families that have applied to come to this country. Families of Afghan interpreters and other uh, Afghans who work for Canadian forces and the Canadian government in Afghanistan who are still there. Tonight. Obviously, under Taliban rule, it makes it very complicated for them to be there, dangerous even. uh, And they're asking for this process to be sped up. There was a portal set up, a website set up for those families. Some 300 applied since early December. Uh, Those first applications were meant to start being processed within weeks, three and a half months later. Uh, we're being told that none have been processed, or at least we've seen very little movement so far. Uh, Ahmad, tell me a bit about this decision about the hunger strike and what you're hoping that people understand uh, and what you'd like to see done first, what you need to be done now.
2: Uh, Our main goal of this hunger strike is because we have no other option but to show to the world and to the Canadians that we are desperately in need of our families' evacuation. Mm -hmm. This is not something that we will rely only on paperwork. We are talking lives. We are talking our loved ones. We want to achieve the goal to evacuate them. We do not want them to be suffering and to be in tension and stress and waiting for their death penalty or waiting for their arrest from the Taliban, God forbid. So what we are achieving in our upcoming or tomorrow's hunger strike is to make sure our 35% of the interpreters' extended family members who got UCI G numbers, we want them to be evacuated from Islamabad, where they are living and residing there in the hope of evacuation. And we want the rest, 65% of our extended family members, to receive UCI and G number. So from there, we can take it onward in the hope of our family's evacuation as soon as, as possible.
0: Great. Hamidullah, I, I, let, me, let me get this clear just so I understand. There are, of course, some of these 300 family members who are, in fact, in Pakistan already. And there right. are some who are still in Afghanistan. So clearly, the ones who are still in Afghanistan, it will be much more difficult at this point to try to bring them here, given the circumstances you were describing earlier with paperwork and so forth. Uh, what would you like to see done in the very short term? What needs to be done now?
1: Um. That's a very good question. Uh, so one of the main things that we have brought up to the IRCC's uh, IRCC's uh, attention uh, is give us a pathway. Don't just uh, sell us fake dreams. Don't just give us fake promises. Give us a pathway. Um, give you know I've proposed that to the Honorable Minister himself that we're okay if Canada wants to do biometrics and medical checkups. We're okay if they evacuate our families to a third country for a safe heaven until they're out of the taliban reach they're out of danger and canadian authorities can conduct their paperwork or whatever background checks that need to be conducted the IRCC has failed to fulfill that commitment even though they have told us that there will be no background checks in afghanistan and once we move them to a third country then we will do the background checks so that's one thing no pathway the problem is majority of the people don't have passports. Right. IRTC and the Canadian government are telling us that we do not require passport, but you need a passport to cross into Pakistan, and we're not going to give you a border crossing permit or a card, something that will give Pakistani authorities uh, an assurance that you are on your way to Canada or on, you know the Canadian process, immigration. So that's right. one of the main concerns. The other is basically. The, the challenges in our this pathway right now is um, even the people that made it to Pakistan that received the UCI and g numbers have not been uh, received uh, with the IOM accommodations. Now, Canada funds IOM. They have been contracted by the government of Canada, yet our families are not getting the same treatment as, as any other standard uh, refugee or immigrant coming to Canada. So that's the other thing that, you know, is a big concern. And the third is the priority. Now, I want to be very specific here. When initially this process started, we were told that your families are coming under a special immigration means, meaning that this process is not going to be a normal process. This is not a personal sponsorship process. It's about life and death of the families of the people that were allies to Canada, to its Mm -hmm. armed forces. These are families in target of the Taliban because of our enduring relationship. So that's the other thing we want to make sure that people receive the UCI and G numbers. People there in Pakistan get their IOM accommodations and the processing priority. Now, we don't have any problem. Like a lot of media has been asking us, like, what, is, what are your thoughts on Ukrainian. I'm,
0: the... I'm down to my last 20 seconds. <laughs> so I'll let, I'll let you finish the thought.
1: Yeah, so basically what, what we are saying is that we feel for any other immigrant coming to Canada. But please, we're also Canadians. Be fair to us. Be fair to our families. We sacrifice with our Canadian allies, with our Canadian troops. Take care of the same way that we love Canada as 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 our uh, our next home, you know. Amidouli, Amir
0: Khan, Ahmad, Shoaib. thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. And we'll be following this story tomorrow as well. Thank you so much. Thank
2: you so much. Thank, thank you, you for the coverage.